0: We had a really terrific conversation with Neil Young recently that aired on SXM's Team Coco Radio, Channel 106. Uh, we talked about music that inspired Neil uh, when he was very young. And because it was on the radio on Sirius XM, we were able to play the songs and then get Neil's in-the-moment reaction to hearing this material, sometimes for the first time in years. Uh, I love the conversation so much that I wanted to share it with my podcast listeners. But here's the the catch. Um, unfortunately, we're not able to play the songs in the podcast itself. So here's what I would encourage you to do. I would encourage you if you're listening right now uh, and you want to hear these songs that Neil Young is responding to. If you're a SiriusXM subscriber, open up the SXM app and search Conan, and you'll be able to find the conversation with the songs. Or if you're not a Serious XM subscriber, we're going to provide a list of the songs in the episode notes so that you can listen along to the songs with the music streaming service of your choice. I think it's just going to make the experience much cooler. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Neil Young. <music> hey this is conan o'brien and uh, what you're about to hear is a very special uh, sit down with neil young um, incredibly special to me Uh, He's one of my heroes, and uh, he has a new record out called World Record. And this was an opportunity to use his new record as a jumping off point, but then move on to look at the entirety of uh, Neil Young's, his work, but also uh, his intentions as an artist and have some fun along the way and I'm joined by Jim Pitt. Jim. Hello, Conan. Uh, I'm very professional, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Jim is also uh. my accountant <laughs> uh, and my parole officer. Um, Jim uh, you know, booked uh, all the music on uh, my show for you know, 95% of my late night career and uh, so he uh, was responsible for a lot of the great stuff that we were able to accomplish uh, musically with uh, with the late night show, but also uh, he's he's an, he's a fellow Neil Young fanatic. Correct. Yeah. So then um, this is this is uh, cool because Neil doesn't do a lot of stuff like right. this. So we were really honored that this came together.
2: Yeah, yeah. We've talked about this before, but Neil
1: has such a special place in the history of your show. Um, you know that the week that he did uh, when the Prairie wind came, album came out that mm-hmm. was a big
0: deal for us yeah and
1: just a really special time he was there every night of the every week
0: night. Uh, and again it's not something Neil Young really does right right and
1: uh, yeah put the, he, he moved in with us for a week yeah and uh, it's not like and we should...
0: felt really good about it until the following week uh, he did every episode of the Muppet <laughs> TV show, um, and uh, that I mean I don't know, that ruined it for me. I'm I'm kidding. I have to ruin moments with my jokes. Uh, but no, he that was very special. He came on at the end of the yes, Tonight end Show. Of the tonight Show and with a special uh, performance. Yep. Did an amazing performance there, and uh, has always been a friend to us. So um, just great to get to sit down with him. Uh, and one of the fun things about this interview is we asked Neil to give us some songs that inspired him when he was a young lad coming up in uh, in that northern climate and uh, up in Canada. And he gave us some incredible songs. Uh, some I didn't know, had right. never heard of before, right. and they're a great window into uh, Neil Young. His early life, what inspired him and it's uh, it's incredible that he let us do this. Yeah. it's just such a treat.
1: It was it was it was really touching to watch him listen to some of these songs and uh, yeah and we talk about some of his uh, TV
0: appearances and his, uh, his experiences <laughs> some of those crazy there. TV experience yeah. <laughs> TV appearances uh, including one on a crime detective show. <laughs> from the '60s with the Buffalo Springfield. So, all in all, this is really fun. Uh, uh, this is—you're about to hear me having the time of my life. So, uh, let's let's begin uh, this special sit-down with Neil Young. I wanted to start out by thanking you from the bottom of my heart because you have famously been very nice to me throughout my career and in ways that I can never repay. But then when COVID hit, we -hmm. were forced to move into uh, a studio, Largo studio. uh, And because we couldn't have an audience, I said, I asked all my fans to send in life-size cutouts of themselves and we would put them in the audience so that my cardboard fans would be represented. What shows up? from you, a life-size cutout of you sitting, uh, and we were blown away, but you had this photo taken, turned into this life-size thing, sent it in. So you were in the audience front and center every night during COVID that I went out and did my COVID show and told my jokes to no one The eyes that I was looking into (laughs) were yours, Neil. You didn't crack a smile once. I was
3: supporting you. I was
1: there for you. Very serious.
0: No, it was... uh, (laughs) That's my... When I think about COVID, everyone has their memories of COVID and what we all went through, and mine is... Neil Young staring at me sitting in the audience oh, God. <laughs> made of cardboard Lord. while I'm trying to make something happen. <laughs> so uh, I wanna thank you for being here and congrats on World Record. Um, I'm gonna tell you, I really enjoy the record. What I love the most about it uh, is that there's some optimism. You're obviously talking about serious shit, the environment and where are we and what are we doing to this planet and this has been an important cause for you, but what I really love so much is on songs like Love Earth uh, and This Old Planet, there is a feeling like there's a way forward if, and we can do this, and the songs are lovely, but to me, my experience has been when I try to be optimistic with people in this current climate, they sometimes get angry with me, and I I really appreciate people that are saying, there is a way forward here. There really is.
3: I don't really know what it is, Mm -hmm. but I do know there's there's a feeling when people get together to do something good. Yeah, It happens no matter what level you're on. If you're joining into something good, you can see it on street corners when you see like the pe- people cheering for the, on behalf of uh, the, the, the women of Iran. Mm-hmm. And yep. they are possessed by this good feeling that they have as they're expressing themselves. But that's not the same as doing something good like, something good for the land, like dedicating yourself to, you know, not uh, doing some bad thing that you had been doing to mm-hmm. the, you know, things that people can can share. Everyday people can good, do good things together, and it gives you a feeling of power. And that's and power is very important to the recovery of what we're trying to do because we're here. Yeah, I'm not really making a good a good story for it, but uh, there's a feeling when people do something good together,
1: mm-hmm.
3: like uh, trying to make something happen that you know is good. Yep, and a lot of people are into it. I
0: think, in the end, that's all we're gonna be able to do. Well, I think so many people feel, if you look at the whole picture, it's overwhelming because you think, even if I do all the right things, technically, that doesn't stop, you know, if you really get technical, that doesn't stop India, it doesn't stop China, even if the United States completely got its shit together, it doesn't stop the rest of the world, so what's the point? And I think what you're tapping into, which I completely agree with, I think it's, you know, and it can be anything it can be music, it can be comedy, it can be you know anyone's sphere of life is let's let's try and do something, let me try and do something positive with some other people, and you get a charge from it, you get a yeah uh you get you're empowered because I think when you look at the whole thing it's overwhelming, and that's what i really what I really liked about the new album is that it made me uh unafraid to be optimistic and maybe a little inspired as opposed to we're all screwed which is i think and
3: being being as negative or putting somebody down or making some comment there's we have so much of that that we don't need it so it's it's abundant Mm -hmm. but but finding a way forward where we're and it's not just this country and not worried about just this country. The same feelings are going to happen around the world Yeah. as it becomes more apparent what's going on. Mm-hmm. You can see it more every year. And when people, uh, you know, you first of all, it helps if you've been around for a long time mm-hmm. because then you know the difference. If you haven't been around for very long, this has been going on pretty quickly for the last 20 years. Yeah. And, you know, so
0: yeah, you you have the um, experience in your bone marrow of <laughs> being alive in Canada in the fifties, sixties, experiencing you know long before we had gotten to this level of yeah. emissions in the environment. So, um, seeing things grow. Yeah. Seeing
3: seasons change mm-hmm. in an intense, huge way, like so grand piles of leaves that are like four or five feet high, yeah. that you're you know moving around and and uh, it's incredible when fall comes and it really is fall. I mean when it really happens. So these beautiful natural things like the changing of the colors of the leaves in the fall and uh, and uh, spring rains and things like that. When you've when, when you been living with them in a cycle, as I have for 77 years, then it, it becomes something you feel. Mm-hmm. And a good feeling about protecting that, you know, people feel good about trying to do things uh, to make the, the air cleaner and stuff like that, and that's, that's great, I'll, I'll, that's the whole thing, you know. But doing it together, doing it together by habit, by something that you've picked up on, whether you might not be able to drive an electric car, mm-hmm. you can't afford it, but it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, electric cars aren't gonna take
0: over the world anyway. And it's so, not the answer. The electric no, car not, is not the answer. It's Cause that energy is coming from somewhere. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's a step. Yeah, But it's not the answer. It's
3: not the only answer. It's yeah. one little answer. You can do that and you take a chance with where the power comes from. But it's it's it, it can be fixed because now mm-hmm. if the power source is good, it works. Okay, so yeah. that's, that's great. Um, and the same thing with the cars is if we used biofuels and we could still use the infrastructure. And it may sound strange to hear this now, but in a few years it's going to be very important. Yeah that we have fuel to get around with. And it's also important that we get back to the ground and that the, that the, the earth is like, uh, uh, the carbon comes back into the earth out of the sky. Yeah. These things have to happen, and they happen through farming and doing things correctly so that we can have all the food and all the fuel that we need. So while we're replacing the bad with good natural things, we're actually helping the Earth at the same time to recover from what's happened. So, And there's a feeling to doing that. When a few people get the vibe that they're doing something like that and there's a movement towards that, right. that's a powerful thing. And it doesn't matter what country you're in because it's gonna happen everywhere. People are, you know.
0: there was a There's a track on uh, World Record uh, that grabbed my attention because I was thinking a lot about this. Uh, you've explored so many, like, you have, you know, there's classic themes in rock and roll, and I think with Chuck Berry, it all, it, Chuck Berry is the one I think of, who he had an obsession with the American car. And then mm-hmm. there's so many songs, you know, Eddie Cochran, um, I'm gonna get that car, this car is gonna make all the difference. And you see it, this obsession with cars, and you've always loved uh, uh, these old cars, and you love them, and you wrote this song that really speaks to me because it's it's called Chevrolet and you're talking about, you still have, you say, this car is talking to me. You see this car yeah. and it's got like the, it's got the pearl gloss on, on the old steering wheel and it's, God, this car looks good. And I love the line, it's really talking to me, this car. And then you start thinking, huh, that's gonna burn a lot of fuel. <laughs> and yeah. it's the first time that this old, really one of the, Age-old uh. obsessions in in rock and roll and Chevrolet is a rock and crunchy song. You're plugged in, but you're talking about this dilemma now, and you're not being negative. You're just saying, "Huh, well, this yeah. is interesting. Yeah. What do I do about this?" Yeah,
3: I've converted my Buick. <laughs> I have a Buick Straight Eight. It's being converted right now to run on E100 ethanol. So. I can run the same car, mm-hmm. and the conversion is not ridiculously expensive. I can have a car like that and
0: a clean conscience about what I'm burning, so the ethanol uh is it's natural, yeah, and uh does it have a there have been times where people have told me you can drive a car, and you know I once heard that I don't know if it's true, but the Willie Nelson had a tour bus or something that ran on. You know, uh, biofuel, biodiesel, some kind of biodiesel. But that if you were behind it, <laughs> uh, along with the other fumes that follow <laughs> Willie's bus, <laughs> you would smell. You could smell like freshly cooked popcorn because that yeah. was the scent that was in the air. That's and probably, I thought that's kind of nice. Yeah, that's where they got it.
3: But it's a good. It's a good thing. But the the real good thing is, unlike electricity, there's an infrastructure in place uh, everywhere. That can distribute this and the right. cars are there and some of the old cars are are capable of becoming this mm-hmm. so it's not like uh something that can't happen it's something that can happen
0: and will happen more frequently i think
3: yeah i think so people doing it together though as soon as other people realize that this is a good thing and it's not that this is a good thing oh look at me i'm good no it's like look what we're up against yep we are up against it, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, we don't we don't get that feeling yet because our leaders have not all gotten on the same station at the same time and stood together and told us,
0: yeah they may never actually they may I, never that that may not be part of the the modern that may not be the job description
3: no, that's not what what's happening um, so far,
0: yeah, I don't count anybody out.
3: I think I think there are our possibility of great leaders, yeah. I but, do too. Uh, they
0: tend to come along when we need the most. I hope so. Um, and uh, I'm just thinking through history. And wait a minute, no, they don't. <laughs> uh, forget what I said. That was screwy. Um, you know, I've been thinking a lot, and it's not just not just me, but my my good friend and associate Jim Pitt, who's been working with me uh, since the beginning. We started with me in '93, working on. Um, what kind of music we wanted to exp- explore, and what we wanted the philosophy, our philosophy, to be uh, of of putting new stuff out there and taking chances. And we were talking a lot about your work, and one of the things that was coming to mind so much is there's a lot of yearning, a lot of looking back in your work from the very beginning, and it's been a theme of getting back to some place, getting to something that evokes strong feelings for you, whether it's a place that you, you know, in in helpless, whether it's uh whether it's a a time in your life, it feels like it's a theme you've been working through. So we had the notion that maybe would ask you if you go back to your youth, are there a couple of songs that spoke to you, that mm. were evocative of something and you gave us a couple
3: yeah I gave you a few there
0: yeah and if you're <laughs> if you're cool with it I'd love to play them right sure, now we'll why, take you yeah, down we should, we should play them memory uh lane the first one is uh, four strong winds by Ian and Sylvia do you remember where you were when you heard this song for the first time or no but I loved it so much
3: that I would you know put nickels and dimes in the jukebox to play it over and over and over again until I didn't have any change I would just stand there in front of it and, play, and listen to it it was a beautiful song. For some reason, it really, really got to me. All
0: right. Let's and I give it, could feel the magic of the music. What's take you back. Uh, you're you're a kid at this point when you're hearing this song. Uh, I guess I'm probably 11. 11. Okay, there's an 11 yeah, something year Something like that. Maybe a little older. I'm not sure. But let's I'm say trying. you're 12. I'm just going to throw that out there because we're going to pick a date. And uh, you're 12 years old. And where are you living? In uh, Winnipeg. You living in Winnipeg, and I, was, uh,
3: and, I and I was uh, I heard the song before, but I uh, 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 I was at Falcon Lake, a place that's near Winnipeg. It's uh-huh. a, kind of a uh, just a, a lake with uh, you can pitch tents around it. And stuff. Sure. So we had our tent, my friend Jack and I, who played drums in the Squires, my f- first band, mm-hmm. and we were we were out there, and I would find I found this thing on the jukebox in the restaurant. Let's give it a listen. And just pointed. it.
0: Connor Brian Needs a Friend is sponsored by ADT. Introducing ADT Self-Setup, featuring everything from motion sensors to Google Nest Cam and the Nest doorbell with a battery or wired option. Your choice. Easily install the ADT Self-Setup security system at your convenience. You don't need heavy-duty tools. And if you do need help, ADT can provide virtual assistance along the way. Self-setup from ADT grows, moves, and adapts as your needs change. You can add more products at any time, and your system easily moves wherever life takes you. It also features Nest Cams that can tell the difference between a person, an animal, a vehicle, or with the Nest doorbell, even a package. These things are getting so smart. Plus, when every second counts, you can trust ADT's 24-7 professional monitoring. You can view video of an alarm event and verify or cancel an alarm with just one quick tap. Now everyone can get trusted security from ADT installed your way with no long-term contracts. When the most trusted name in home security as the intelligence of Google, well, you've got a home with no worries. Go to ADT.com today or call 1-800-ADT-ASAP. Google, Nest Cam, Nest Doorbell, and Nest Aware are all trademarks of Google, LLC. Come on, if most people are being honest,
2: If someone were afraid of the dentist, maybe they haven't been in a long time, maybe they're embarrassed because they haven't been in a while, I feel like this would be a really safe place for them to go and get the care that they need.
0: At Advanced Dentistry, we get it. If you've been avoiding the dentist because of fear, worry, or just not wanting to be judged, if you want to learn how IV sedation can change your life, visit no fear Dentist dot com that's a beautiful song
3: that's quite a song yeah would it uh that's not the original version that i heard them do though because mm-hmm. it's stereo right <laughs> okay so that was mono when i was listening to it right Listening to it in a jukebox different mix in a jukebox yeah. yeah so it was more jangly guitars and uh what do you think uh, when you hear it now? Does it take you right back there? Eventually, it, uh, at first, it disturbed me a little because it was stereo and it wasn't where I had gone in my head when I was talking about it. So, I, but because I have a memory of it that's so strong, right. but the music is there and it's uh, it's that's it's it got there, and I can hear her singing and him singing and the whole thing. I'm still uh, uh, it seems a little. I don't know if this is the version. They may have even re-recorded it for stereo, mm. mm-hmm. because they may have sang it all on one mic and done everything together in mono the first time.
0: So uh, when that song came out, and you heard, and it's a popular song and it's a hit, and that's a great. Song. And he's saying, "I'm going to Alberta." Was there some part of you that was like, "This, this"? Well, this resonates. He's talking about where I'm from. He's talking about my country, uh, and this is a hit on the radio. That must have been powerful.
3: It was great. Um, You know, it's nice to hear one of the other provinces. Uh, You know, could easily have been Manitoba or Saskatchewan. Nothing rhymes with Manitoba or Saskatchewan.
0: I know. (laughs) Alberta wins again. No, wait, Saskatchewan. Moving on, we got that. Yeah. Um, So. You know, <laughs> uh, so there's another song you gave us, which is by someone I didn't wasn't familiar with, Gogi Grant. Oh yeah, I just wasn't I I didn't know this, of her. This I, is a song I used to hear when I was going to
3: school. I think I was in grade three or grade four. Mm-hmm. It w- couldn't be more than grade four. I think it was grade four, and uh, so. I heard this song, and for some reason, I associate it with the school and the highway and the railroad tracks going behind the school Yeah, and the whole thing. And again, it's something I heard on the radio when I was, I never had a record of it or anything. Right. So you just had to
0: wait? Yeah, you just wait for it to come around, and then it would play, and you'd hear it. I remember those days well. I remember hoping a song I liked would come on the radio yeah. and sometimes catching it halfway through. Yeah, right. And very hard to explain that to my son and my daughter now. Right. They don't you understand. You used to have to hope that you would catch something That's rather right. than I can have it instantly.
3: You have it instantly, but it's not the same as the one that you had to wait yeah.
0: for. Right. Because it was all there. Yes. And the the way it was
3: coming through the air and the radio was all there. Mm-hmm. Everything was there sonically.
0: Much different from today. The, um, the song The Wayward Wind, you covered this. Yeah, I think yeah. I did.
3: I covered, I might have, I don't know if I covered it. I love that you that. said I think I did. No, I, because I, I know I did four strong winds. Mm-hmm. I don't think I did The Wayward Wind, but I almost did it. Uh, on old ways okay, but I I don't think I did it I'd have to go back and check
0: well if you'd like to do it I'll split the publishing with you we can do that for sure that'll be great I can't wait to hear that. Can I say something? That's an oral contract, and that's going to hold up in court. It will, Uh, definitely. (laughs) I love you're just laughing through this. Oh, yeah. Bring it on, Irish. Uh, You try that. Uh, All right, let's check it out. The Wayward Win by Gogie Grant. That's a beautiful song. She's got an amazing voice.
3: Yes. She's something else.
0: Yeah, was she uh, was she from
3: Philly? Is that
0: Philadelphia? Yeah,
3: Philadelphia.
0: Yeah, there you go. See, well, something good came out of Philadelphia. Yeah, that was good. That and the Constitution. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, you know, it's funny because uh, you talk about. I was thinking about your in the time that I've known you, it was such a big deal to me when you um, when you came on my program. You did a residency there for a week and it, it just uh, meant the world to all of us and was very important. And one of the things that was so cool is that you weren't someone who did a lot of things like that so it had a lot of meaning. You weren't someone that was always out there uh, on television so it really uh, had a great weight for me and for you, Jim, and yep. for everybody at the show. And it was, a, it was a big deal. And then I find out that you had done some television back in the 60s. And some of it, maybe against your will, because you're with Buffalo Springfield, was pretty wild. You're in an episode of Mannix. That's right. <laughs> 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 yeah. It is. One of the craziest things, Mannix a detective show with Mike Connors Mm. and he comes into a a bar to check out the scene and in the background (laughs) is Buffalo Springfield. You guys are playing, but the camera doesn't even focus on you guys. And (laughs) this, pardon, I'm sorry if I'm gonna anger (laughs) any Mannix fans out there, but this kind of run of the mill 60s show is going on that no one watches anymore, <laughs> and the real story is in the background. Right? Do you remember that at all? Do you remember being there? Yeah, there were a
3: couple of those we did. I remember that one. Whose um, idea
0: was let's get Buffalo Springfield oh, on? Oh, Oh, I don't know. Yeah,
3: <laughs> I don't know, but I know that our managers thought this was a great opportunity, right, to move into television. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Did you ever notice that, you know, we're kind of far back. All the action's happening up front. We are 50 feet away from the cameras. You know,
3: I don't think we even looked at it. That's the thing is we just kept going. Right. It's like because like, we don't watch, you know, I didn't watch Mannix. Right. I was not a Mannix uh, fan. Okay. Well, we're breaking But I news, do know had, like. what Mannix looked like. Yes.
0: I can picture the show. I've seen it. Yeah. You know. He had, uh, yeah. He was, al- his, he was always jumping out of his car just before it crashed. Right. I think that was his move. <laughs> he was, I think, in a Mustang, mm-hmm. and it was always uh, he would always. <laughs> it was about to go off the cliff because they had, you know, fixed his brakes or something. I think um, I don't know how he got uh, reinsured <laughs> after the thirty-fifth <35th> crash, <laughs> but I was watching and there's and it's funny because the '60s in particular is a time. I'm fascinated by it because there's such a culture clash. TV's been pretty much more or less the same for a long time, just an extension of radio, same old guys writing it, cranking it out, and then suddenly the world changes, 63, 64, 65, everything's changing. And I love watching, uh, there was a show that you did, was it the, what's, the Hollywood Palace. The Hollywood Palace. Oh yeah. Now, the Hollywood Palace and uh, and you guys are great, right? I mean, you guys are. It's. I can't remember what they played on the Hollywood Palace. Was it? We did Mr. Soul on Mr. the Hollywood Palace. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You yeah, did. It started
3: you, with For What It's Worth. Yeah, and then for it, What It's Worth and Mr. Soul. And then really? you
0: switched in. And it's a. It's yeah. Cool. Well, it,
3: uh, tape switched in. They taped this whole thing. You oh know? yeah. It was the record.
0: And, uh, but so you I, were playing along to the record, but was there any live aspect to it? Uh,
3: there might have been some live singing. Yeah. But I, I, uh, I feel like your vocals and your solo
2: were live. Um,
0: well, they were live. Well, I watched it, and your solo yeah. feels live.
2: Ah.
3: Yeah. Oh, good. And, and your and, and, bass player was... Uh, looking uh, the other way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's because he wasn't there. So he had to use our road manager looking, oh. looking the other way. So there's
0: a guy who's the MC... And this is oh, the yeah. part I love. And he comes out and he's, it's very, what? Kind of Borscht Belt, mm-hmm. old school show business. I, I'm not sure who it is, but he comes out and he goes, next we got Buffalo Springfield. These guys, <laughs> these guys have made had so many hits in the last year, made so much money, they could buy Buffalo and Springfield. And you're <laughs> like, what? <laughs> you guys have to just, all right. Uh, and you can just think there's like, some fifty-five-year-old writers in the back that oh, were told, yeah. "Give us a joke for Buffalo Springfield." Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> what's what the fuck is
3: that? <laughs> That's right. They had to have it. <laughs> but you know, we didn't. Again, Conan, we didn't even notice. Yeah, yeah. We didn't. Yep. Admi- that stuff never even had never even got on our screen. Right. Because we were just we did a TV show. It's like we went to Mars. Exactly, and then we left Mars. That's what so. it looks like, and I <laughs> and I
0: think it's it's uh, it it looks like okay. We've entered this world that you kind of have to show up at, you know, and trust yeah, so as yourself. We're going, to and- yeah, we're going to show up <laughs> and we're going to do this, uh, and but we're entering a world that's. Uh, I mean, I remember watching you guys on the Buffalo Springfield on the Smothers Brothers and. Again, it was great. It was an amazing performance you guys gave, <laughs> but they kept doing cutaways to Tommy Smothers doing bits while you're doing, for what it's worth. Yeah, and I thought, uh, huh? I don't know about that. That's, that's television. A, yeah, that's a pretty heavy song. Yeah, I don't know. Well, you don't want people to think about that. <laughs> 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 But he says like, when Steven sings like, there's a man with a gun over there, they cut to Tommy Smothers holding a gun and yeah. the audience laughs. And I'm thinking, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if this is... wasn't genius, Conan. It wasn't genius. It wasn't genius. <laughs> really? Well, I thought all television comedy was genius. Oh, uh, God. You know, you did... Um, uh, you know, one of the things I... You did a the Johnny Cash show and... Um, that was it, cool, and I would imagine uh, that. I mean, there's a guy. That's a very different situation mm-hmm. where you're being invited onto this massive American Stars TV show, but also he's someone who you would really respect. Yeah, yeah. No,
3: I I, I really liked Johnny Cash. Was
0: he nice to you? Was there you it, know d- hardly
3: d- even got to speak to him really, but uh, that's okay. He was busy. Yeah, he was it was the Johnny Cash show. Yeah, you got to realize in our eyes, doing this. I'm what twenty three years old. Right. I'm I'm going on a television show. I was petrified. Yeah. So I was going thinking about the song I was gonna sing and was I gonna screw it up or not? And uh, that's all I thought about. Yeah. So I really don't remember much else about it.
0: Right. Uh, <laughs> well, it's funny because one of the songs that you picked is a Johnny Cash song. Oh yeah, and um, again, this is a ballad of a teenage queen. What did this song mean to you? When does this enter your radar?
3: Oh, right in the fifties. There, about the same time as I was talking. Was I was talking about the the wayward wind mm-hmm. and the uh, other song, Four Strong Winds. Uh, Four Strong Winds was after the Wayward Wind was sooner, mm-hmm. and this song was sooner than the Wayward Wind. These right. are back farther in my life. I've been maybe grade two, grade
0: three, kind of. And this is what I was thinking about, is that you are a storyteller. You like, you, I, I think, uh, better than just about anybody, you tell a great story when you're uh, in your songs. And this is the classic story song. This is Johnny Cash telling oh, yeah. us the tale of uh, the teenage beauty queen. So let's give it a listen, see where it takes you. Ballad of a teenage... Queen by the great Johnny Cash. What do you think? Uh, is hold, up it. For, hold up for you? Oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Man, I I gotta <laughs> I mean that's there's a couple of things I need to say about that song. I love that song. It's so great. Um, when has that happened? that a woman's left town, made it big in Hollywood, (laughs) and then said, I'm gonna give up all my money and go back to the boy who works at the candy store. Dream on, dream on. (laughs) (laughs) Show me one example of that happening in history and I'll back off. Uh, Yeah, I just, uh, I had heard that song before, but when you mentioned it, I went back and was listening to it and those ba- I don't know. We don't know who's doing the backup vocals. I don't know if it sounds like it could. It, could it be the Jordanaires, or is it just?
3: I think it's the. Uh,
0: I think it's the.
3: I, well, it's I always guys? thought He's it like, was the Tennessee Two.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. they sound good. Yeah, I mean, they do sound good. But there um, might have been
3: someone else singing with them too. Yeah, He's had the girl singing the high voice going through the whole thing.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. That's. <laughs> but that's such a. I mean, that I, sounded like the record that I was
3: remembering when I wrote it down. Right. that That's what the sound is. And the other two songs sounded kind of like that. And That one was an original, I think.
0: Right. Maybe. Close, anyway. Same vibe. I but- feel like it would be like a blessing and a curse to have your ear because I don't pick that stuff apart necessarily, but you hear it, and if it's in stereo or if it's been remixed, you're like, I'm out. Well, I'm
3: different. I'm going, when they did that, mm-hmm. what else did they do? Things are different. They have more room for the bass and more room for th- thread, spread things around. So it's not, for me, it's the, it's the feeling of the mix, the feeling of the song. Mm-hmm. The more immediate it was, the closer to the original one. Yeah. And then you feel the song and the essence of it and then... As things get modified and changed, you you get farther away from that. So that's that's all I'm missing. It's not so much the mix or one thing or another, but it's the essence of the song that comes from the original.
0: Yeah, it's funny when I hear songs from that period of my life that are evocative to me, uh, and actually some of them yours. It's like I t- I go right to. I'm usually hearing it through, um, you know, our Pontiac. Station wagon, oh yeah, uh, you know, analog system radio. analog radio. That's how I heard ninety nine percent of our music. We weren't allowed to mess with my dad's record player because he had like a nice record player. So, I mean, we could some, but mostly I'm hearing stuff on the radio, and that right. was how I experienced everything. And so I associate a lot of these songs now with being in a car and moving. Yeah, and it's it's interesting how that. I've, affects how you then later on hear the song yeah it 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 because when it's way back there in your life and you have
3: this memory it's vivid and uh who knows what you do with it in all those years you may have enhanced it you may have it may be exactly the way it was or it may may maybe uh you know it just may be different in some way because when you have a thought for so long and you remember a memory it becomes more than just that over time so that's why when you go back sometimes it's not like you thought it was
0: going to be. Right. I um is that great? No, I was just thinking did I scare you with my glasses? No, 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 that's good. It's I a bold statement did. my glasses. Yeah, it is. It's so it kind is. of a Clark. Can you look. see
3: through those? Absolutely not.
0: <laughs> I didn't think so. You're gone now. You're just a you're a smear. You're a smear. I see a this smear and a floating hat. Radio is <laughs> Saved us again. (laughs) You know, there's a a big business for radio in the future. (laughs) Trust me. uh, It's not lost on me that uh, people are very happy that I got off TV and into radio. (laughs) Radio is happening. I know, it is happening, but also there's an implied insult there, which is it's so nice to hear you and not see your goddamn face. (laughs) It's the future. Radio's the future. That's where we're going to hear
3: what music is. Yeah. Because you can broadcast what people love about vinyl
1: mm-hmm.
3: over the radio and this and the transmitters are still in the top of all the old buildings around yeah. Yeah. different towns. So a new radio station could come along and broadcast in analog so everybody got vinyl quality. All you need is the right radio to pick it up with, which is. A fortune-making thing that any investment <laughs> would get right
1: into.
0: <laughs> so, be great if you busted out your product right now and started hawking it. Yeah, um, the analog uh, radio. You know, it's so funny because uh, um, thinking about your work and all of it, what with the new record, uh, with with world record, and I know that now it's the Harvest fiftieth, and just everything going back to the beginning. There's that great Walt Whitman line where he says, I contain multitudes. And that comes to mind when I think about your music because you do soft acoustic so well that when I'm listening to that, I forget about your other side. It's It pulls me in so yeah. much. I think, uh, you know, this is Neil Young. But then you go over to hey, hey, my, my, rocking in the free world, like a hurricane, you just, this stuff that makes me forget about the other genre. And to be able to do both uh, with that kind of intensity blows my mind, it really does. And I was thinking, you know, when I was listening to your other selections, (laughs) I was thinking, okay, I can see the the softer Neil here, and then you gave us, uh, baby, what you want me to do Right. And I thought, here we're seeing the other side of you a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. uh, when did you first? This is Jimmy Reed. Yeah. And when, when are you hearing this song? Boy, this had to be
3: uh, right around when he wrote it. Mm hmm. Put the
0: 50s, mm-hmm. early 60s. Mm hmm. And it's very, I mean, it is so simple, blues. That's great. God, and what's notice? so great about it? Because it is great, know. but I don't it know it what's so great. It's simple
3: and real. Yeah, and it's honest, and it's it is what it is. Mm-hmm. He's not trying to impress anybody. That's not there.
0: Yeah, that's cool, and it's been covered by everybody. Everybody. I it's mean, a, it was a, it's a rite of passage. Yeah, it's a great song. Great song. Uh, let's explore. The burblings of this other side of Neil. Baby, What You Want Me to Do by Jimmy Reed. Hey, Sona, do you settle for ordinary in your own home? No. Well, you kind of do. Anyway, with floor and decor, you don't have to put up with rooms that just look meh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Meh's kind of a meh phrase these days. Floor and decor doesn't just have a... A couple of aisles of options. It's an entire store with the largest selection of tile, wood, and stone in stock and available in job lot quantities. Mm. That's what I need, job lot quantities. And if you're a pro like me, Florin Decor also has a job site delivery along with all the brands pros trust for installation. There's also design experts in the store to help you find the right look at the right price. And guess what? It's free.
1: That's my favorite price.
0: Free is the best price, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Unless it's for food, and then I'm like, oh, I'm about to pay a little.
1: No, I like free food, too.
0: Well, it can be scary. Anyway, uh, we got off track. You can resist the ordinary and find more ways to wow with floor decor. Holding up for you? Yeah. Oh yeah.
3: That's a classic.
0: It's so funny because I was thinking and I'm just, uh, that he's doing yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is a song that was huge for any British invasion band, Rolling Stones cover it. And you know, everybody knows it, but I know when the Beatles show up in 64 and they're saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's saying, what the hell is that? (laughs) It's Jimmy Reed. I think, mm-hmm. unless it's someone else that I'm not thinking of. I don't know. But it's just, uh, when he goes, yeah, 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 I don't know if that's happened before. Maybe it has. Smarter person than I will figure it out. Well. If such a person exists. <laughs> <laughs> there's no proof. They sent anyone. out some people looking, but <laughs> they never came back. <laughs> 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 yeah, I don't know what happened to him. You know, uh, in, this is one of the you did a concert for the BBC and i think it was 71 mm-hmm. and it's great but you said something off the cuff there's a there's a it's terrific you can you can see it and i think it's part of the harvest 50th right. uh um catalog but it's just you just say it off the, but it it struck me cuz it's very you you're playing these songs that are all gonna become classics, but this audience hasn't heard them before. Yeah. And you're in London and you're playing, and they're a nice crowd, but at one point you say, <laughs> how y'all doing? And they go, yeah. they don't go, ah! They, you know, they go like, yeah, yeah, good, you know, good, they're polite English mm-hmm. people listening to new songs from this man. Neil. And they're like, yeah, yeah, it's good, you yeah, know, good. And you went, yeah, yeah, I can tell that you, you're sensing that they're fine, but they're not. And you go, yeah, yeah, well, must be that they're new songs. And then you say, but that's what's happening. And I love that because <laughs> that really and and you're not trying to be funny. You just say, yeah, but that's what's happening. And then you proceed to you know, play a song that will become a classic, but they don't know it yet. <laughs> and what struck me about that is that to me, that's, the philosophy you have to have, whether it's in music or comedy, which is your job is not to try and figure out what they want and make them happy. You've right. got to do what you're going to do. That's and this is what's happening. Yeah. And then uh, on the on on the new record on World Record, there's a, a clip of you and someone in your someone is talking to you. I don't know if it's Rick Rubin or someone's talking to you and says, "Man, this one." you got a lyric here about every, you know, I take every breath and I feel like I'm doing a dance, a dance with death. It's about COVID. And and he says, man, that's really dark. And you, you go, fuck them, they don't have to buy it. <laughs> 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 and I was like, that has to be the way it is. You know what I mean? That has to be, you're echoing what you're saying in 71 in London, now with World Record, uh, you're saying, um, I think that song is Break the Chain. You're saying, uh, I'm driving this bus. You might not like where we're going. You're welcome to get off if you don't yeah. like where we're going. And I believe in that philosophy. I think that's the way it has to be if you're trying to be, it sounds highfalutin, but if you're trying to be an artist, that's what you have to do.
3: Uh, yeah, it's easy. I mean, if you, as long as you do that. And then you feel good about it, too. No matter what you're doing, you feel good about it because you're doing it the way you want to do it. Right. And uh, that's a good thing. Yeah, that's good.
0: And it feels like you've had times too where you've had this enormous success, and people really love the music. And then there's part of you that's like, how do I, <laughs> how do I crank the wheel here and get them off my trail? <laughs> you know? right. How do all I? Right. I really got to. All right, you you followed me this far. I'm gonna <laughs> go. I'm gonna take this thing, this old jalopy, up the side of this muddy hill. Right. And uh, challenge them a little bit. Yeah. Well, every once in a while they
3: they all go the other way. Yeah. And that's a that's a good thing. You like that's, that. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. Cuz they, they, you know, it's just that I went somewhere and I'll come back probably. Yeah. It doesn't <laughs> matter. <laughs> the thing is, did we do what we wanted to do? Yes. Cuz that's what we're supposed to be doing. Yes. Yeah. You know, we don't want to do what they want us to do. That's not what they're looking for really.
0: Right. Right. You know, so. No, they don't know what they want. <laughs> they That's the other thing. So I, I think that's kind of the magic of it. Um, there's this last song, which we have to get to, because <laughs> I don't know if you... I'm, uh, Rockabilly is... I don't know why, because I'm a suburban Irish Catholic kid from Boston. But Rockabilly is in my DNA. Jim, you've seen mm-hmm. it. Oh, that's yeah. all I wanted to ever do was grow my hair up, it's where the pompadour came from, grow my sideburns out, and play um, Train Kept a Rollin' or any rockabilly song. If I could do that for a living, you'd never see me in comedy again. (laughs) And that's a promise to people out there. If I could make one dime doing that, uh, I would do it. I thought I knew every rockabilly great classic, and then you come up with this rockabilly song I've never heard of before, by a guy I had heard of, I had heard of Ronnie Self, because he's yeah. kind of a legend in England, not from England, but they just, they care, the British care more about our really good roots music, I think often, or for a period anyway, more than we did. They value it. So. They value it, and um, and rockabilly. I, so I didn't know about Ronnie Self, who I guess had kind of a, it never came together for him, and he died, I think at like, 40 or 41, so it never quite happened, but this song blows my mind. Yeah, it's great. I and, used to hear it when I was 11 years old or 10
3: or 9 or something mm-hmm. in my bedroom at night from WLS in Chicago mm-hmm. on the on the transmitter from Chicago to Winnipeg mm-hmm. or to where, where I, no, to Toronto. That's right, close to Toronto, a place called Pickering. I was living there in this house and uh, it was the same place where I all the other songs that I've told you about uh, came from, except for the wayward, the wayward wind, mm-hmm. uh, or the four strong winds, the mm-hmm. Ian and Sylvia song that came from later in life. But all these four songs came from that one area, and uh, and and this one I couldn't believe it. I could pick it up, but I they seemed to play at the same time almost every night. So I would be in bed and I have my little transistor radio tuned into this. And I'd hear this thing and I go, God, that is insane.
0: No, That's it's guy is nuts. Also, I can't imagine hearing this song and then trying to go to sleep.
3: <laughs> I know. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: it's great. And especially the last verse yeah.
3: of this, it's insanely great. He just you can, you can tell, you know, he's totally got He's possessed. Yeah. He's
0: amazing. And this track (laughs) blows my mind. And I'm so happy that you brought this to my attention. I played this earlier today. I came in and I said to Eduardo, give me Bapolina loud. And we were in this room and he turned it up all the way. And I stood there and I was shaken like a leaf on a tree, as they say. I just was, I I, I was doing the St. Vitus dance. Uh, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. So let's listen to, uh, and you, you got to turn up the volume on this yeah. one. Please. Yeah, Please, let's do it. Yeah, all right. Bapalina, Ronnie Self. <laughs> Man, God, <laughs> God damn it. If they asked for a take after that, I'd have killed everybody. <laughs> Can you imagine? That was pretty good. Uh, Ronnie, let's have one more. Let's have one more, yeah. <laughs> uh, that, um, First of all, I think that comes out in 56. Is that before Little Richard? I mean, it's it's totally... Right around the same time. Right around the same time, totally channeling that energy. And yeah. it is... Uh, it's absolute abandon and madness and also impossible to fake. You yeah. can't fake that. You got to be there for
3: that. He's so there. And
0: then in the end of that, he's totally just goes, you know... he is He is taken over by... <laughs> The devil in he the is. end. Uh, I one of my favorites of all time is Ronnie Hawkins' version mm-hmm. of Forty Days. And I just love always grabbed me. I used to play that a lot with my guys because it's so fast. Mm-hmm. And then I ran into Robbie Robertson somewhere and I went, you know, I play 40 days. Uh, it's so it's man, it's so fast. And he was like, Yeah. We were all on a lot of pills. (laughs) I'm like, oh, okay. Well, at least I know what the prescription is if I wanna replicate that. Yeah, Yeah. I don't know what was in this guy, Ronnie Self, but God bless him, that was amazing. Mm -hmm. And the background vocalists, they were crazy. Yeah. So when you hear this music, we've listened to these tunes now. I think one of the things that uh, inspires me most about you is that you keep um, you keep re—I don't want to say reinventing yourself—but you keep coming back with like new growth on the tree. You keep coming back with something else to offer, and that's very inspiring to me. And I'm wondering if, like, hearing these old songs, does that does that inspire you in any way? Like, well, these, these songs got to me when I first heard them when I was mm-hmm. just a kid.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, and, that,
3: and I never forgot Bapalina. I never forgot that. I was just going. Okay, that's out there. That exists, and you can go there anytime that you're ready to. Yes. You know, and and uh, you got to be with the right people, and got to be everything's got to be right. Then you can get there. And I just love that kind of music, and uh, but it's 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 so radically different from my other music uh, that I'm sometimes uh, people can't go. They can't go both places. Right. And that's, you know. That's well, you've fair. done,
0: you know, it's like, we talked about this once before, but it bears repeating that I was in the, as I was in Studio 8H when you did Keep On Rocking in the Free World, as was Jim. Yeah. And uh, I tell anybody, tell me <laughs> anybody, uh, because uh, Lauren Michaels, as he's saying, television's the worst way to experience music. And I think he's usually right, except, um, you and the guys did, s- something happen that night
3: Something was good, yeah. Something, Something was, was
0: not just good, was transcendent <laughs> and punched through the television. And uh, I thought, well, okay, I'm on the floor at 8H. I'm a kid. I'm in my 20s. I'm watching you do that. And the place, you just melted it. You just I think there was structural damage to 30 <laughs> Rock. Uh, and it's never been huh. quite repaired. Um, and I was blown away by that performance. And then go online and find out that people who weren't there who just saw it on TV feel the same way. Yeah. So when it it did punch through, yeah, it did one. punch through. Yeah, I remembered s- that. I,
3: I You can't tell when that's going to happen, but it was very focused. The band was very good, and everyone was establishing themselves in a relationship with each other. There was four guys who never played together. I played with Pancho and Crazy Horse, but Steve and, uh, and uh, Charlie had never played with, they played with each other, but they'd never played with us. And God, it was just so uh, good. And then we got in the studio, we played a couple of times. Then when we went, somehow when we got to uh, Broadway video and we had our own dressing room, mm-hmm. then uh, they completely dismantled the dressing room between Poncho and Steve and Charlie. Mm-hmm. It completely it, it was you know and then the staff came in and they looked at it and I was like what you know what the hell is going on here I mean they were they couldn't believe it but to the, these it was like a rock and roll myth you know you tra- you trash your dressing room yeah okay yeah it's the key so these school, guys yeah. trashed this dressing room yeah and I'm going okay well that's a rock and roll that's a, that's a moment but yeah. it seemed to be establishing itself and no matter where we went. Uh, it, those kind of things kept happening. Like we were supposed to run down rocking in the free world for the run for the run through, and we did fucking up instead. Yeah, and didn't didn't tell anybody we just did that and
0: because out. you didn't want to you didn't want to spend that no. coin on the rehearsal show. No, but the fucking up that we did is really good too. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. was a good one. I think we have that. But I mean, I don't think you. That's interesting because I don't think you that you to do it to do Keep On Rocking" at the dress rehearsal uh, you might not have been able to get there for, no, for, no, no. for air like,
3: there is no rehearsal you know so we threw a song away that wasn't going to be in the studio and didn't tell them what it was going to be so we didn't we didn't sacrifice it yeah just uh, you didn't
1: think
2: NBC would be okay with fucking up
1: <laughs> well. uh-huh. you, you
3: sort of knew they wouldn't we so. <laughs> figured it wasn't going to be something yeah, yeah. Uh-huh.
0: it's a good thing you had that in your back yeah, pocket yeah.
3: yeah that's a good one for that
0: I always think whenever uh, if someone ever puts a video camera in my face if I'm on the street and starts to uh, ask me a, a question I don't want to answer um, I'll just start singing an unclearable song by Led Zeppelin. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) And be like, look, if you guys can clear that, you can go ahead and hear my comments. (laughs) But I might do that if I'm ever uh, forced to testify in front of the Senate. Um, There is so much goodness. You've brought so much more goodness into the world. World Record uh, is uh, the new album and I do love it and I do love how optimistic it is. Who is this on the cover? That's my dad. Is that your dad? Yeah. That's my dad. That's in the a good looking that's a good looking, serious yep. man. He was
3: a serious, good looking dad. He was a a writer mm-hmm. and uh
0: he was writing for the Toronto Globe and Mail at that time. Wow. Did he approve of your uh, musical aspirations?
3: Uh n- not quite as much as my mom did. Yeah. My mom was totally supportive and got me everything and would go to the wall mm-hmm. to get, you know, anything that I needed. Yep. Uh And uh, so I was able to uh, make enough money playing and then getting help from her Mm -hmm. to get amplifiers and stuff like that. Right, right. Well, I remember the big thing between my mom and dad about who's going to pay for this amp, you know? You know, he's got to have the amp. (laughs) Your mom said, wow. (laughs) You cannot not have an amp. You have to have it, you know. So I was looking at this. I I'm paying Echo Twin and another... Mm -hmm. Fender Tremolox or something. Anyway, ultimately, we got
0: the amps. Um. I feel like you would have gotten them one way or the other. <laughs> we were, we, I knew where they were. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. You
0: would case the joint. <laughs> and uh, Harvest 50th anniversary edition. Uh, if you don't have this, all I can say is you're a fool. It is uh, brilliantly done. It's a beautiful job.
3: Thank you. Um. You know, it's a a moment in time, so we just happen to have footage of all of it and uh,
0: recordings of the outtakes
3: and all that stuff. You know, we put it all in there. And
0: I also, before we wrap up, I just want to, I'm excited that Barn, uh, the film, has been nominated for a Grammy.
3: Isn't that interesting? In when been- that happened. Now and this thing comes out, and we're playing in a barn, and it's 50 years ago. It's yeah, like, <laughs> there's almost the same shots. You can see the car- camera comes in through the barn door, and the band is playing, and there's so many similarities. And then scenery shots of outside. Yeah. Yeah, both places, and it's a fifty-year difference. It's kind of interesting.
0: It's funny. I was watching barn, and I was thinking uh, it it's beautifully done, and uh, and I'm glad that it's been recognized. One of the things that Hmm. just to me is, and you know, seems counterintuitive is you can see daylight coming through the slats in the barn. Yeah, and I'm thinking. Is this a good place to record? <laughs> is, this, is this It looks cool. It had great it, air. <laughs> yeah, the air was coming through. It. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what you should do and if we can get if we can entice you to come back sometime for the next project, you'll see that this room will be made of old cedar with oh. and there'll be a lot of wind blowing through. A lot of manure on the floor. Oh, yeah, Yeah, we're going to go the Neil young route. Good, good. Yeah, and it's just going to be a horrible Eduardo, get on this. Get those fans out there. (laughs) I'm on it. Blowing the air through here. Uh, Neil, it is uh, one of the great privileges of my life, and I've had a lucky life, so that is really saying something, but to get to hang with you anytime is magical for me, and uh, I appreciate your positive, uh, cool, uh, courageous spirit. Thank you so much for doing this. It really means a lot. Thank you, man. I appreciate
3: it. I'm glad that uh, you got this record, and I hope people get to hear it. It's just so much uh, – I put out too much stuff, you know. I put out Harvest at almost the same time as I put this out. You know? Right. So it's like – the record people good.
0: ever say, no, no, no. no Come no, on, no. hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. This, and then let's wait six months, and then that. Yeah,
3: yeah. Well,
0: Nope. I as just have a lot of stuff. To right quote now. you in 1971, this is what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: that's right. So, all right. God bless. Thanks,
0: man. Thank everybody. Thank you so
3: much.
2: Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend with Conan O'Brien, Sonam Obsessian, and Matt Gourley. Produced by me Matt Gourley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs, Joanna Solitaroff and Jeff Ross at Team Coco and Colin Anderson and Cody Fisher at Earwolf. Theme song by The White Stripes. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Take it away, Jimmy. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, and our associate talent producer is Jennifer Samples. Engineering by Eduardo Perez. Additional production support by Mars Melnick. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Britt Kahn. 18 Cocoa production in association with Earwolf.